We are still on the gift of prophecy. We did a little of that before. And then Candy came, told us about Peru and the mission there. So we're, we're back. And we will talk of the things that the Holy Spirit is doing and manifesting in varieties of ways. And this is one of those. And it is, uh, it's a curious one. And often just easier to ignore. It depends on sort of your background and, and uh, uh, church history, your experiential church history, and that will determine a whole lot of what this means. And I'm going to try to just, whatever that is that you believe in, just you know, blow it up. So we're going to look at this and d- try to determine what it is God is doing with this gift and how this relates to us in this day. So we're entering the spiritual gift of prophecy. On this one, we had some background on the last one, but this is uh, going to take us into some more specifics about this. So, Holy Spirit given prophecy. 1 Corinthians 12.10, we're giving this heads up. He gives one per- The Holy Spirit gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. And Paul is just listing things which is so not helpful. He's just putting lots of information without unpacking it. So you've got got to get back into the scriptures and find out what God is doing, how this works. And he provides us with a list to say, these are the things that are are happening. And these are the things that, that are available to people. And this is to not a giant group of people in Corinth. The church in Corinth is meeting in a house. So this group of people is experiencing... These kind of things. And one of them is prophecy. So we're going to take a look. At some, so this whole, whole idea of it. So back to the definition again. What is prophecy? And so if you don't like this definition, that's okay. I made it up. Communication from God through a human intermediary. I made that up because the ones that I've read and, and studied, and one of the first Greek words I learned was the word Prophetess, so to to um, get into the, I mean, just like prophecies, it sounds the same. But going, okay, so we're getting that word. We got the Greek word. We look up the Greek in the Greek definition, but those are done by people who may or may not believe this even exists. It existed once, but it may not be available today. So that takes us through a whole bunch of things. So what is it that people believe about this? Some, you know, you do the pendulum swing. They're all about it, and, and they're prophesying things. You can watch them on TV, and they will just prophesy about everything. And then there's the other group who say, there is nothing to this, and you don't know anybody who's ever done this. There's, there's even the stuff written in the Scriptures. Nope, none of it. None of it. Okay. So there's no prophecy, everything's prophecy, and God's going, what are you people doing? I'm trying to communicate to you, and especially those who, especially the the people who have come to know him, he's going, I've got something to say. And the big difference between the idols and God himself is that the idols can't speak. Those are the handmade out of gold, silver, marble, carved out of wood. They don't speak. Now, the, the beings, the, the, there are 
spiritual beings, entities behind some of those, and they, they can come through, but they, they, they're limited on what they can do. But the difference in just the gods, big G, little God and gods, big G, little G, is God communicates. And he's made that clear. And he's done that since the very beginning. And there's this, uh, you go to Genesis chapter 1 and you get, and God spoke and said, let there be light. Did he communicate? Did something happen? Yes. So does communication matter to him? Yeah, he can built it into us. We can communicate. And then we say, no, no thanks. So we're going to move from the no thanks, we don't believe in it, to some Christian views of what this is. So one of those is prophecy or to prophesy is the Old Testament prophets, maybe New Testament prophets, as well, but it's writing prophets, those who wrote the Bible, those who wrote scripture, those who put something down. Are those legitimate prophets? Yeah. Did do those prophecies or those prophets, is that the extent of God's communication for all time? And for many, the answer is yes. That's the end of it. We have everything we need written in the book, and so we're done. And once again, the example of you have a car, you have a manual. You spend all your time memorizing the manual. And you get even where these things are in chapter 7.8 is how you change the oil. I need to memorize that. And I need to memorize that chapter and verse. Getting any clues yet? I'm going to make it all about that. That's all I need. I just need to know that. No, the reality is you need to ha- know how to get that oil into that vehicle and put a key in it and start that dang thing, or it's no good. So what do we do with God? I got the book. I got the chapter and verse. I memorized it. I'm going to tell somebody the verse. I'm going to put it on my refrigerator and a note card. But... Until you put the key in it and you drive it around, it does you no good. So here are all these verses God has given us that are clues to the key to start it and move and go and accomplish something. And you go, no, I'm on, you know, everything I need is in this book. No, it isn't. It's not going anywhere. It's a book. What does it tell you to do? What does it tell you about God? What does it tell you about what he's doing Unless it comes alive in us, it's just, it's just a book. But he's given us amazing information that will take us so far if we'll let him. But we've got to let him. Now, he'll go by past us if we don't want to because he's not going to be hindered. He's going to do what God does because he's God. Writing prophets in Scripture. So that's a big one. Okay, it's talking about, you know, if it's written in the Scriptures, and those are the prophets, and we're done. So if you've been there, stop it. Okay, another one. The second coming of Christ. Does the, or do the Scriptures speak to the second coming of Christ? Absolutely. Do the prophets speak about that? Yeah, Old Testament, New. We have prophecies of all sorts that, that point to Jesus' return. Is that all there is? I've had conversations in the last 
three weeks with people who, when they ask, so yeah, so what do you think about prophecy? And it comes down to somebody preaching on the second coming of Christ. That's the extent of it. Is it in that category? Yes, absolutely. Are the Old Testament writing prophets in that category? Yes, absolutely. Is that all there is? No, absolutely not. Why do we camp there? I'm going to say this again because I was talking to Cass earlier about this rubber band issue. We get, you ever seen a rubber band? You take it, you stretch it out. You've probably seen those. It's not that high tech. <laughs> then you let go of it. It goes right back. So if I present this to you this Sunday, and by Wednesday the rubber band's gone back, we haven't accomplished much. So I'm hoping that somehow we can stretch that thing out and it will stay out a little bit. Maybe not all the way, but a little bit. And, you know, just gain on this thing. Because that going back thing is going to be problematic. It may just tick me off, but it's going to be problematic for you. Because the living God is expecting you to understand his communication. So if you don't listen, and you don't take it in, and you don't put it to work, what good is it? So this is your opportunity. Writing prophets? Yes. Second coming of Christ, people can preach on it. There's all kinds of books on it. It is a happening thing right now because every time something happens in Israel or Russia moves, there's a whole series of sermons and books and TV broadcasts on that topic. Okay, this isn't it, by the way. But, I mean, we're, we're not at that. Jesus can come back when he wants. He's, he's in charge. Those things are going to be the two that are going to be big. And somebody talks about prophets, that's where they're going to go. So let's move on to prophecy today, because that is what he's dealing with in 1 Corinthians 12. He is dealing with prophecy that is, has to do with the church, with a gathering of people who walk with Christ in a living situation, in the real world, in the moment. He's not talking to them about when Jesus comes back out there. He does in other places, but not that's not what he's talking about in this instance. Because Jesus said in chapter 10 of John, he said, you know, the enemy's going to come, and he likes to steal and kill and destroy. But I've come so that you can have life and that you can have it abundantly. I want you to have a fulfilled life, totally. And I'm going to bring purpose into your life. And I'm going to do that from a spiritual perspective, not the way you think. Because if we did it, you know, based on our, so what do you want to do? What do you, you know, I want money, I want fame, I want a big house, I want a big boat, I want to, you know, we go through the list. Nope, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a fulfilled life. And it may be 180 off of those things. But he's going to bring it, and he said, I'm going to bring you abundant life. Then in the same chapter as he, he's explaining how this works, he says, it, you're my sheep, and I'm the shepherd. I'm the great shepherd. And my sheep hear my voice. So they listen to me, and they do as I tell them. Because they're my sheep. They hear, hear my voice. In the shepherds of that day, they had a, a, either a stone enclosure or a wooden one that they would make. And they'd run the sheep in there at night so they could keep an eye on them. He t- talks about being the door 
I'm the door to the to the sheepfold, and the shepherd would lay down at the entrance. They didn't close the gate. They just lay there so they could keep an eye on the sheep. But different shepherds came. So different shepherds had their sheep all mixed in there. And all the shepherd had to do was call his sheep and walk out, and his sheep followed him. And the other guy calls his sheep, and they follow him because they hear his voice. So what is it about Jesus doesn't communicate today Jesus just gave us a book and then he shut up. It's 2,000 years old, but he's not current. And Jesus is saying, what? I've come to give you life and life abundant. And it happens because you hear my voice and you follow me. What do we do about that? One of the ways we hear his voice is going to be through prophecy. There's going to be people who are going to hear him which takes us back to this communication from God through a human intermediary. So God's going to speak through someone. If he's not speaking in and through us, he's going to speak through someone. It's another method. He's saying, come this way. Come follow me. Come do this. Go to this direction. This is what's coming up. You may need to know this. I mean, just some information. We are in a battle And that's what the Corinthians were dealing with. There are spiritual entities that are represented there, temples. We don't even have those anymore because the spiritual beings know better in this age than to have temples set up. They they will hide them in different ways. So in that day, they were clear. They were everywhere. They... We talked about like the Temple of Apollos down the main drag there in Corinth and people... Knew they could go worship there. It was also the place where you'd go to hear a prophecy. And you'd go talk to the uh, priest who would go talk to the drug-induced person who's the one who's talking to the God and then come back with your answer. And they'd pay good money for that because they believed, you know, the gods could communicate. And those little demonic critters do. So our battle... Is not against flesh and blood. That's like Ephesians 6. We are not to fight in this battle as the world does. It's not the same battle. It's not that we come up with the best uh, answers, even in seminary, of if, if I define the words properly according to the Greek or the Hebrew, I have arrived, or Aramaic. Those are the three languages the, the Bible was written in. So there's an assumption that if you're really good at those languages, you can get what God is saying in the scriptures. It helps for translation work. But let me remind you, in ancient Israel, when Jesus was talking to people, remember how well they took this. You know, They killed him because they didn't like it. So what was it that they missed? Because if they understood the language, then according to this assumption they should have understood what he was saying. And they spoke Aramaic as the the Jewish people came back from Babylon. That's the language they carried with them. So they had been over there uh, when Israel was hauled off by Nebuchadnezzar. So they returned to Israel speaking Aramaic. Then Alexander the Greek comes through there. And so uh, Alexander the Great, so he comes through there speaking Greek. Now people speak Greek. That's the language 
uh, commercial language. That's how you do trade. That's going to be the happening thing. So we've got Aramaic and, and Greek. But the ancient worship language of the Jews is Hebrew. So you're going to worship in Hebrew. You're going to do your trade in Greek. And then you're going to communicate to everybody else in Aramaic because that's the language you came back with. Three languages. Is that unusual? It is for Americans. Go to Switzerland. They've got three national languages. That's what they do. Belgium. They got two, and they speak three or four. But for us, it's like, oh, that can't be. No, that's just normal. It's normal in most of the world. So what if we translate that? And we're really good at translating Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. I went to seminary, took that stuff. I'm not, I'm not down on it. I think it's very helpful. It's just don't make that the end all. That's not the answer. It does give us some highlights. It does help us to understand what was written originally. But without the Spirit of God at work, we're dead in the water. We don't get it because we're not listening to the Spirit. We're not listening to Jesus who says, my sheep hear my voice. We go, no, I don't think so. And definitely not that guy who just told me this stuff. Though it it resonated in my heart that that's probably true. I ain't listening to that guy. Because it's that guy. Huh. So does the prophecy thing have anything to do with this? Yeah. Because Jesus is still communicating. He's probably spoken to you directly, but he's probably spoken to you many times indirectly through another person. And if you weren't open to that, and you said, no thanks, he said, all right. You don't want any more, but I'm going to communicate in ways because our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not in the normal way of doing things. We're dealing with spiritual entities who want to take down humanity. Jesus came to rescue us from that. We've established that it's his death on the cross, and he's dealing with, with sin issues, which is our own rebellion. But there's the rebellion of these other beings who want to drag us down as well. So we're caught if we don't fight the way Jesus says to fight, if we don't live the way Jesus said to live, if we don't listen to him and follow him, we're stuck. So what is prophecy? Communication from God through a human intermediary. It is the writing prophets wrote in the scriptures, absolutely. It is about the second coming of Christ. There are prophecies that deal with that. Good. Are there prophets today who, who are telling us, you know, Jesus is coming because the, the Russians invaded Ukraine. Don't listen to them. Just, just don't. And what about prophecy today? That's what he's talking about. There's something happening now that he wants us to know. It happens in the church. He wants us to know that. He wants us to exercise that. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. It's, just, it's there. Legit prophets, we've covered this before, but Jeremiah 23, we're going to hit it again. I did not send these prophets, God says, but they ran. I did not speak to them, but they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have announced my words to my people and would have turned them back from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. Yeah, they come into the council, which is where God meets with his the, these different heavenly beings, but also he includes prophets or people who, who are listening to him, draw near to him, because he speaks to his people. And he wants to pass on, here's some truth, let me give you this, and then 
You go live this out in the world. Go take this back to the physical world. That's part of, the, part of what he's developing. So these prophets would have spoken to the people, turned them back from their evil way and from, their, from the evil of their deeds. So you can listen to people who claim to be prophets or people preaching all kinds of things, and they're, not, they're supporting evil. They're calling evil good and good evil. And you go, okay, they have not been in the counsel of the Lord. Because if they had, they would have turned people, they would have spoken about these things and God's way and moved people away from that. So then, this, is, this candle represents the light of Christ. We light it on Christmas Eve and remember his coming and its first coming. So we've got that light of Christ. And now, that light of Christ goes around, and we share that on Christmas Eve, and everyone has a candle sharing the light of Christ. And then we come to this problem. The Holy Spirit comes, Acts chapter 2, comes as a flame on every individual, representing this is the Holy Spirit available to all. In the Old Testament, he came into the temple, the tabernacle. Now he comes on each individual. to flame right on top of their heads, saying here's the Holy Spirit available to everyone. And then what are we told when we get to 1 Thessalonians 5? There's a spiritual problem. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. What's to quench? Anybody? So we just put that out. Now we have no access. We're not listening. We're not doing what he said. Because, look at that verse again, because we are not open to prophetic words. We don't want to hear what is current. That's why people love looking at all those, man, when Jesus is coming back, I'm going to slice and dice all these verses, and I'm going to figure out how, how that works. And, and, and we've nailed it because they're, they're on YouTube, and they've got lots of followers. No, they don't. They've been doing that for years. Centuries. Have they been right yet? Yeah, right. We're sitting here, right? (laughs) They have not been right. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. And we just put the light out. And then we expect God to do something wonderful in our lives, and we can live an abundant life by ignoring him. See any problems? And we do it all the time. Do it as whole churches, whole denominations, whole groups of people do this. And you go, what are we thinking? The God of heaven wants to take us to another level of life, wants to make it available, prepare us for eternity, which is coming sooner than we think. And he wants that to come because he is communicating to us these beautiful things, these wondrous uh, plans that he has for us. And he wants to impart that to us. And we go, no, no, don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear what you have to say today, but I'm fine with reading old ones that don't apply to me. Like, you know, Israel messed up, so they're going to get hauled away by the Babylonians. Cool. That's good. Jesus is coming in the future. Russia's going to invade, and the Middle East is going to go nuts, and China's going to roll in, and this thing's going to blow up, and it's all over. I'm all about that. Do you see what's missing? The middle. All these years in between. 
And God's saying, I, I didn't tell you to skip over one day. Every day, every day, I have something to say. Something to say to you, something that I want the church to do or something a group of people can do. And I just want you to know sometimes that I love you, that you are forgiven, that you are not condemned, that in Jesus you have been set free. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to have regrets. Just come to me. We go, no. I prefer a candle that's like this, and then I'll go in the dark room. How am I going to fight the darkness with this? The battle we're in is against darkness. How do we fight the darkness with this? He said, I've got something to say. And I've been saying it. I've never held back. I've never told you I stopped. In fact, he's telling us, he's communicating. Quenching the fire. Distrust God. That's one of the big ones that quenches the fire. And that one is uh, a matter of believing in me and those who agree with me. That, and, and I want to tune into those guys. You know, those, those folks are the ones, you know, if they're saying it like I say it and they believe like I believe, then that is, that's where I'm going. Because I'm comfortable there. And Jesus is saying, I sent you the Holy Spirit so you light up. But get the light of Christ going. But distrust God and block communication from God. Another. So distrust God or block communication from God. That's listening to the knowledge and wisdom in and around me. I just turn it off. I just I, I want to listen to the wisdom written in, in a particular book or uh, style or the philosophy I've heard or the one that, that you know made me feel good at some point and we just buy in. And some of it's just nuts, the stuff that we will listen to and not challenge because it sounds good or I'm familiar with it or I grew up with it and that's how I was raised. I've heard that from so many people. I'm going, dude, you're 70 years old. When were you raised? When did you leave home? And if it was by 18, and many leave before then, or they check out by 13, so why is it that you're blaming this on your raisin and you're responsible for the rest of your life because you told somebody to go hang it on their beak when you turned 18 and you're in charge of your life, and that's what you come up with. And God Almighty knows. He's going to look right past that nonsense and say you're responsible for your life and these are the decisions you've made and... Wow, you're going to blame it on your raisin. You realize we have cell phones now, right? We had a party line when I was growing up. I'm going to lean back on that. You know, that's, that's my raisin. That's how we do phones. I don't want to do that anymore. I like having maps and looking stuff up. Nope, got to go back to my raisin because that was right. Well, that's what they said about Jesus back then, and that's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. It was bull. Stop it. Find out what he says. Learn about him, and you can learn about him from him. Isn't that cool? Because he communicates. He's got much to say. He'll make the words, you read the scriptures, and he will make those, he'll highlight them. You've had that happen. You go, I've read that thing a hundred times. Then you go back and... Bam! It's like neon coming off the page. You go, 
okay, I think he's saying something here. And if you open your ears and your heart, he'll say more. He just has a whole lot more to say. But he's going to use prophecy. That's going to be part of it. It's not all of it. That's why we have all these different gifts. But it is one aspect of this. We just don't want to miss it. We don't want to put out the flame, the, the, the light of Christ that's in the Holy Spirit that's available to us and, and allow him to speak. And when we are hearing it from someone else, if we have that fire, we have that lit, the Holy Spirit agrees with the Holy Spirit. And he goes, yeah, that's me. That's the voice. I'm speaking. And it may be something we need to learn or something we need to correct. Maybe a heads up about something coming down the pike. It's all kinds of stuff. But it's current. It's now. It's before we die. It's before Jesus comes back. It's, it's great to find out about the Babylonian invasion of Israel, but that's, there are lessons to be learned, but that's not the current communication of the prophet to you in your situation in this day. That's different. So, prophecy. Forecasting, different, this is different kinds. Forecasting the future, and that can be near and far. So it can be, even when you're reading Old Testament scripture and you come across a prophet saying, There's, here's the sign that the Lord is at work and he's sending help and, and the truth. There's going to be a baby born to a virgin. So we bring that one up at Christmas time. The context of that is there's going to be an invasion by the Assyrians. So we've, when are they going to come? What's going to happen? What's the... And so the king is saying, what's the sign? And the prophet says, and he uses the word Alma. Alma means young woman, because if you come across it, well, people who are critical of the virgin birth, well, Alma means young woman. It It means virgin or young woman. It's both. What was the case when the king and the prophet are standing there? They're looking at a bunch of young women who are doing washing outside of the city gates. And he goes, she's going to have a baby. Well, young woman, not pregnant, going to be pregnant, going to have a baby. When he is born and ready to eat real food, that's when it will happen. That's how much time you've got. So you've got you know, 12, 14, 16 months. Some, you know, but you've got a sign. What does that tell us in the New Testament? Because it's both, near and far. That was near for them, within months, far. That's, we're still looking down the road, you know, 400 years before, or no, that was 850, so 800 years before Jesus comes, near and far. And then the virgin comes, you know, has a baby. I go, wow, it's both and. And it's near, far, those things are happening. Explaining God's revelation, prophecy will do that. And they'll talk about that revelation now the things that are happening, what God is doing. And you can look at the news, and God can give you perspective on that and communicate and speak to you in your present situation about whatever's going on or what he wants to communicate to you about, not necessarily what you want him to communicate to you about. And then the past, he can bring reality to the revelation, the things he's already put in the scriptures so that it's not just translating Greek Hebrew and Aramaic, well, that's important, but without the Spirit, without the Spirit of God working to reveal that, we're still stuck. We're just running like, like in a hamster cage, spinning that little wheel. So he's given us something more, and he's giving us direction that will take us beyond 
the physical realm into something that he intends because we've got to have some help to, to battle the battles that we're, we really are in, those cosmic ones. Building spiritual structure. We've got to have, the prophecy is for that. How do we, how do, we do that in, in me and you? And, and when he's writing to the Corinthians, he's talking about these gifts are so that you can help others, not so that you can have a ministry on stage and, and send out requests for funding. That's not the reason for this prophecy. The prophecy is to help build up people in Christ, to point them to him, to help them know the one true real God, the Most High, and those people should be able to help others. So it, it just builds the whole body of Christ, all the people. And you build a spiritual structure from that. Inspiring the pursuit of God. When God speaks and communicates and we're listening to him, we personally grow in him. And as that's happening we can, and more people are getting involved and listening than the congregation, the whole group of people grows. It, and it helps everyone to pursue to pursue God, to have a hunger for him, to long for him, to want to get closer to him. And it just, it just changes the whole dynamic. Counseling with consolation to mend and send. That's individual, local, and global. So imagine in a counseling situation, and this can just be a, you know, face-to-face over a cup of coffee somewhere at the restaurant or just a conversation with friends, but you're sharing real things. And it can be in a, a, a real ministry situation. You sit down and you're talking to people, but you're counseling and they're sharing their issues or what's going on in their heart, but the Holy Spirit gives you additional information, fills in the gaps, and suddenly you can just speak to the real issue that's going on that's behind all of it. Because as a counselor, you go through and you work through the layers to try to get to what's the real issue, what's the source, what, where does this come from, what started this, and ha- then you try to correct that and move forward. Holy Spirit can just go right to it and you skip over, which is really awesome. So that's available. And we have counseling, and the idea is to mend, to help people, to get on their feet, to get through past hurts and abuse and whatever the other things are that have piled on their in, in, into their lives, but also to get them ready to be able to reach out and, and as a human being, as a follower of Christ, to touch other lives with this spiritual truth and reality and to help other people break free, which is what Jesus, you know, the truth will set you free. So he's trying to get that into us so that we can do that without any extra weird motivations or twisted stuff. If you've seen all these things about pastors and their issues with sexual deviancy or go, going sideways, and I mean, big dogs are stepping down, and it's happening. I mean, it's happened in the last few months and in the last few weeks like crazy. Big names. Why is that? Why, why would those things still... Something inside is not healed. Something isn't isn't following some part of them is not following Christ because that's not that's not what the spirit would do it's not the holy the, what God wants done he's trying to help people to mend from those things and then people can go out in their neighborhoods or family or in the whole community make a difference ultimately we do that long enough hard enough we can it can go global which is pretty exciting 
counseling with consolation to mend and send. And we need all that healing and that help that we can get. There is no condemnation, according to Romans 8.1, in Christ. No condemnation for those who are in Christ. And then he goes on to say, and those who are led by the Holy Spirit are truly the children of God. Romans 8. There's nothing, nothing that can keep the love of God from us. Romans 8. We are loved. We're not condemned. The Holy Spirit leads. Romans 8. But we've got to believe it. It's true. He'll give it to whoever accepts it, receives it. There's mending and sending. What to do about the gift of prophecy? Acknowledge the gift and appreciate that some have the gift. Doesn't mean everybody, but it does mean that some have it. And when we get to 1 Corinthians 14, which we will do before too long, then the encouragement from the Apostle Paul is, I think everybody should have this. Wouldn't that be handy? Everybody have this. You can hear from God. You can build up one another. And, and when people walk in, those who don't even know what's going on, they walk in, their hearts are touched because somebody is able to really listen to who they are and speak to that because they, of the gift of prophecy. Speak into their hearts, and then they say, God is here. How do they recognize? They come off the street. How do they know that? Because the gift of prophecy reaches into their hearts, speak to the very thing that they're dealing with or they're questioning or they need. And we can just guess. You know, our main questions when people visit, hi, what's your name? How long have you been in prior? What's your job? Do we speak to the need, the heart? The, do we bypass all those things? I mean, those are all niceties. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying, what if there is something else and somewhere in that conversation, that something else comes out? goes right to their heart what do you think would happen what would happen to you if somebody just spoke to your heart you go, wow you really know me but you don't know me because i just got here must be god that's how that works allow the spirit to determine who when and where the gift is applied as first corinthians twelve eleven, he's the one he makes that call and it can be for one time, it can be for many times, or it can be for a lifetime. So he determines who, when, where, all of those things. But as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, y'all, y'all ought to be asking for this one. This is a good gift. Really be helpful for everybody to have it. And I concur. I think that's, that would be so fun. I still think the healing one would be handy too, but this, this is really good. Appreciate that the gift may manifest in anyone in the church. And I keep bringing that up because in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit sent, and the reference out of Joel chapter 2 is that the Holy Spirit comes for everyone. Rich, poor, male, female. I mean, these are all big deals. I mean, it may not be in our day, but it's a big deal to say that. And young and old. Wow. Everybody. Everybody. So he can just turn this loose and surprise us and have some young person tell us exactly what God wants us to hear and what's, our gonna, what's 
going to be our response when we're in our 60s and we hear from somebody who's 20. You just need to grow up, young man. If you had the experience I do, and we miss it. And God has just spoken. So I think we need to keep that lit. Let's just not quench that. Listen, he'll show up. Stay in the scriptures so you can, you can get the tone. You know how God works, how he communicates, and what his truth is. Because the scripture gives us that. But you still got to put the key in, and you got to start driving, or you're not going to get any good out of this. That's why he says, don't despise this. Don't think about it even. Just, no, I made that up. Just don't do that. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for trusting us enough that you would give us a gift like this to be able to help one another, to know you better, to understand you more, to know the scriptures better, to, to see what you're doing, what your plan is, what you're doing in, in people's lives. And sometimes we don't get all the pieces. We just get to be one link in a chain that helps people get to where you want them to be. I'm grateful that we can be a part of that, all of it, any of it. Thank you for the gift of prophecy. And I pray, Lord, we would not despise it. In Jesus' name, amen.